For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Planantial's podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP. Everyone knows by now what that is, um, Certified Financial Planner. So I'm here with my guest today, Mary. So Mary, fill me in. Uh, where do you live? How old are you? What do you do? All that jazz. Okay. Yeah. So I am 29. Um, I live in Central Texas. Um I work for the state uh, government. I work for a, a state senator, actually. And oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of why I live down here. Um, when I got into that uh, line of work, there's really only one place to be. So uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm are, you from, are you from Texas originally? Yeah, I'm from Texas. I'm from uh, the Dallas area. Um, and moved down here after college. I went to college in San Antonio. So I've just been kind of all over Texas. Cool. Yeah. Very nice. And then so, you know, we'd love to know how much you make. Yeah. So I make um, 60000 a year. Perfect. And it's a government job, though. So you get do you get a pension and benefits and all that? Yeah, I do. Um, I get pension. I get, um, I do have a 401k that I contribute, like I think 1% to or something. Um, <laughs> cause the pension is like 9%, I think, or eight okay. that's taken out. Um, which is, which is good. And then there's different, um, tiers for when you get vested and like how those benefits work. But, and do you know what tier you are? Um, so I think you have to be in five years in order to start getting, the annuity. Um, and so I'm at about three years total. Okay. And then you'll be vested in your fifth. Yeah. And then once you're at 10 years, you get the health benefits as well at a higher percentage. So after 10 years you get, when you retire, you'll get a hundred percent health benefits. Yes. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah, wow. it, it's pretty good. That's that's definitely how they trick you. It's that five to ten years span of time where they're like, don't you want to stay just a couple years longer? <laughs> they're like always dangling that carrot in front of you. It's a trap. Yeah, no, I know. Um, but it was a really good benefit. It's kind of incredible. So, And we're on the same pension plan as like the elected officials themselves. So wow. we're we're pretty safe you know like a lot of times you hear about um the pension systems for other folks being a little bit more dicey <laughs> I don't have to worry quite as much because I know that if they're looking out for themselves then they're also looking out for me <laughs> yeah that's that's great that it's aligned that's not always the case yeah no I know and it's 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 different I know for like a lot of the cities and fire and police and teachers and those are all different pension funds um cool okay so and then um Single, married, renting, owning? Yeah, okay, so single, um, renting, but um, I am getting married at the end of this year. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so we have been kind of going through the whole process. Um, I moved in here with my fiancé into this house that he had been renting um, because it was just kind of a really good deal, and he's been here about five years, and I've been here maybe two. Um, And so we actually just started combining our finances um, probably in September, I want to say, of last year. So that's been kind of the process of figuring out, like, once we started really putting money down towards the wedding, um, and we've always been kind of on the same page about money and how it should work and how to kind of leverage it. Um, So it's been a process. And so we're just trying to figure out kind of how to make the most of what we're doing and how to combine our debts, because we have different types of of debt that we're bringing in um, okay so so how did so how have you been what's been the plan for combining like how have you been combining finances like do you have a joint account and then yeah. you each put a certain amount in or yeah, well, are you doing- we just we have a joint account um I have a separate account that I just set up for wedding stuff separately um okay. so that we could keep that as an aside he joined my checking account. Um, and so all of our direct deposits just go into the same one. So that means that him, when he has like work expenses, they're usually reimbursed, but all that stuff is going through one account. Um, I think we left his old checking account open just because Wells Fargo makes it really complicated to try and shut it down. (laughs) (laughs) You are allowed to open accounts here at Wells Fargo, but you are not allowed to close accounts. Yeah, they're just like militant. And we're like, forget it. We'll just keep like, you know, six dollars in this random account. Just So we're mainly using this one. Um, And we have a savings account that's connected to that joint uh, checking as well. Cool. Okay. And then the wedding is at the end of the year? Yeah. So September 1st. So it's in about... Oh my gosh, five months. Yeah, coming up. Um, and how much is the wedding costing and how much do you have like funded? So we're a little bit over a third in terms of how much we have it funded. Um, my parents and his parents are going to help a little bit with some of the stuff that is actually going to come up closer to the event. So like um, they're going to pitch in with alcohol and with the music and just a lot of those expenses that end up coming up like closer to the date and we're kind of yep. doing the stuff that's in advance. So got we've got the the wedding budget goal, which I still <laughs> want to do, which I think we're close to is, is about 32,000. 
Okay. And we're about, I want to say a little bit over 15,000 in. Okay. So we've got about that left. So we've pretty much been taking um, anywhere from fifteen or sixteen hundred to like twenty two hundred dollars a month away um, for wedding stuff, and it's either gotten spent that month or we've rolled it over and used it the for next month. coming up. Yeah. Um, all of the like upfront expenses are pretty much paid for, and then we'll have a large chunk come due in around. July. Okay. So now it's just kind of like buckling down and saving like whatever we can for that. Um, cause I don't want to have to put anything on a credit card. Um, if I don't have to. Yeah. I hate credit cards. Yep. Let's not do that. Yep. <laughs> um, so how much, uh, and then how much does your, uh, fiance make and how much, like, so how much well, did you said? Yeah. 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 So, um, he makes, I forget what the total number is. Cause I just think about it after taxes. Um, so after, I think he makes something around 80 and then per month it ends up being, um, I think it's like right over six that he has coming in to the bank account. Yes. Yeah. So total, so he gets paid twice a month. Okay. Paid once a month. You get paid once a month. Oh, I lived in that world before. That's hard. It is. It takes a lot of strategy. (laughs) It does. I like the first, oh man, I got for almost five years, I got paid once a month. Yeah. It was so hard, especially for, I don't know, for whatever reason, December was always my worst month, probably because like holiday parties and stuff. Yeah. And I was, it was just like, oh my God, I'm out of money. And I think, because I think they did a month. Yeah. Or December, we didn't get paid. I got two in January. It was the worst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and with the state, when you start, it's like backdated. So you, you're essentially waiting two months before you get your real paycheck and then you're you're waiting 90 days before you're on the health insurance so like the first three months of your state job is just absolutely brutal (laughs) you basically aren't getting paid like they're gonna give it to you eventually but (laughs) I don't know figure it out buddy you're on your own Uh, (laughs) so it's always kind of a dicey switch okay so Joe makes 5,600 monthly Okay, and then what do you bring in monthly? Um, I bring in thirty six, or it's like thirty five ninety one. So let's say thirty. Okay. Okay, perfect. Um, and that all goes into the joint account. So you have you you together you're bringing in as a household ninety two, roughly ninety two hundred a month. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, and then you've been putting from that amount, you have been throwing between fifteen hundred and two thousand away monthly for the wedding. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and you have fifteen thousand. You're already fifteen thousand in, so you have another seven thousand to go. Yeah, but you should be able to swing that with the monthly. Yeah, yeah, it should be fine. I just know that I'm just like you know cautiously optimistic because I know there's going to be stuff that comes up. Yeah, that you didn't think of, like you know, lighting or tipping somebody or <laughs> like some something. I just know that there's something that I've asked somebody for that they're gonna remember and send me a bill for that I have already forgotten but <laughs> but that's why cool. I didn't well, have a wedding planner so hopefully she's on top of it yeah hopefully she's on top of it but it sounds like it, this is a good strategy because if you have five months left and you have seven thousand to go and you can put two thousand dollars away a month yeah that you should have ten so you should ha- even have a bu- bit of a buffer yeah and then with this net that's coming in, um, are you, you said your 9% goes into the pension for you and then for 1% into the, is it a 401k or is it a 457? It's a, it's a 401k. Um, and it's just kind of this 
voluntary thing that they like okay offer as a perk like if you want to I don't think you even I think maybe you have to contribute at least one percent but yeah just to participate um so it ends up being about fifty dollars or something a month I don't think there's more than a thousand dollars total in there okay um and I've had 401ks at previous jobs I haven't gone back and tried to figure out what's in those or roll them over or something like that because it hasn't been all that long of a period of time Michael's at a startup um it's a larger startup but they they don't have a 401k just yet but I I think they're cutting one up as of January 1 2020 is something like five percent is going to go towards that but that's a separate thing altogether. Yeah, and that won't start till January. Yeah. Okay. So I feel I feel like you've done a great job at the wedding, so that you're going to have that covered with no debt. Yeah, hopefully, I think so. <laughs> and then, so then, what's what else is going on with your finances? You said you're both bringing debt into the. It's really just wanting to pay pay stuff down. So um, my debt, I've done a pretty good job, slowly but surely, kind of chipping away. Um, but I am down to, I've got one chase card that's about 19% APR and has, I want to say something like 45 or $4,600 still. Okay. Yeah. They recently raised my limit like a, a lot without me asking them to, which was like, <laughs> um, but I haven't, I mean, I haven't had that credit card itself like physically for so long. So uh, you know, jokes on them, but they raised my limit to 78. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're like, they want you to spend it so they yeah. can charge you 19% interest like, off. This idiot has had this exact same amount of credit card debt forever. Let's give her some more. <laughs> um, but I've been paying that down and it's just nice to see that, you know, utilization percentage change, yes. like even if it doesn't, you know, like I haven't paid $3,400 off. They've just like given it to me, but that's fine. And I have one other random card. Um, that's a, a Barclay card that has maybe like a thousand dollars on it. Um, at 20%. And I want to get that paid off. I just paid off. I had two other like store cards. I had a Benita Republic card and a Nordstrom's card that had about, you know, 400 and $500 on them. And so January and February, I got those paid off this year. Great. Yeah. So that felt good. Um, and let's see. And then I have student loans, but that's a whole other thing. Michael does not have student loans, but he has some higher interest credit cards. Uh, okay. He was somebody that was like, oh, credit cards are bad. So don't have them like period, the end. And um, so he doesn't have a long credit history. He doesn't have a great score. His stuff is all over the place. So like he has a, a card with Wells Fargo that's, I want to say $4,800 and it's like nearly maxed out. And that's something in, insane, like 28%. Oof. That it's just like, I didn't even know that banks would give you credit cards at 28%. Oh yeah. They definitely like to charge their interest. Yeah. It was just like, I'm sorry, what? This <laughs> has been a whole learning experience for us. Um, so then, and he's got a couple others that are, there's one that's um, like a store card that's $2,500 is still left on it. I think that one is also probably around 28%. And then he's got... Both of our cars are nearly paid off, though. That's the, okay. the awesome thing. So my car will 
will be paid off, I think, in May. I think I only have one or two more payments on it, so I could pay it off now if I wanted to. Um, so that'll f- free up $250 a month right there. Okay. Um, and then his car will be paid off in – actually, by the wedding. It's in August. His will be paid off, and his car payment is about 325 a month. So once we have these cars paid off, that'll free up five hundred a month. Yeah, like a pretty hefty chunk of change. Um, so even though the interest is is really low, I think it will have more of an effect on a just from a the monthly budget. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question for you because you have really good income, and you said that you the rent is pretty affordable where you are. So the rent is eighteen hundred. Okay. And. Yeah. So, so basically like when I, when I list out all the minimum payments, um, plus the wedding chunk taken out and all the bills and everything, we basically have like 44 to $4,500 left over. That's great. And that's including this money for the wedding. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Cause you're bringing, you're bringing in 9,200 a month and then let's just say plus utilities 18. So 2000 off the bat goes mm-hmm. through, right. Mm-hmm. So that's 7200 and then plus you have car payments, so then that brings you down to 6700 and probably have other expenses. But if you were to take 2000 right off of that for the wedding, now you're at four th- around 4000 monthly. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the number that I land at. So then what – what, okay, so what are you thinking once the wedding – let's just say you keep doing the $2,000 a month from now till then. You get the cars paid off. You have all the money in an extra, let's hopefully say, $2,000 for the wedding. And I agree there are going to be those expenses. You'll be like, oh, I didn't know how to pay for that. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> They're just going to be asking you for checks. Um, so let's say you come out of the wedding, nothing on credit card, but you did the 2000 all the way up until there. Cars are paid off. You could still keep saving two thousand a month, and you could get your credit cards paid off in three months. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of what I was what I was thinking. Like the the ones of his that are longer or a higher balance and a higher interest rate. I was thinking about putting those on like a snowball or some kind of a plan where I can see getting chipped away at, and then we just pay. Um, cause we've got some money in savings, but like, I just, I feel really good having that there. Like, I don't want to use that to pay off hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could, right. So there's, yeah. How much do you have in savings? Um, right now it's, it's about 3000. I think it's maybe 28. And then I was going to see at the end of this month, how much I could roll back into it. Yeah. You have a, you have a really healthy income between the two of you and you don't have like particularly high rent. So and you've done a really good job. If I mean, if you can really save two thousand, even if you get that number up to twenty five hundred, you could tackle your debt and like you could pay for the wedding in cash, and then in six months you could get rid of a ton of your debt. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, and I think like that's I just need to that has to be on the horizon because right now it just feels like we're hurling everything at the wedding and it's just not the wedding. Yeah. So I think yeah, just being able to see that six months out. Now the one thing that we should circle back to that I have not I've been kind of in deferment so far this year is my student loans. Oh, student loans. They're the worst they're thing the ever. worst thing ever. And they're so freaking complicated. complicated. Like as soon as I figure something out, it's like, oh, plot twist. <laughs> Just kidding. We, that was, that's not what we told you. <laughs> oh, are you getting married? Well, I have a whole host of other questions for you. And I'm like, oh no, I shouldn't have told you anything. So, <laughs> so basically I was in, I was in deferment because I had this big plan um, before he and I combined our finances where I was like, I cannot afford this. I just want to pay off these credit cards. 
I can't deal with this right now. I'm not making very much money. And then I, I got a new job. I was making a little bit more and then a bunch of stuff happened and I just probably deferred a little bit too long. Mm -hmm. But anyways, here we are. So my student loans are total about 48,000. I've never paid, you know, I've, I've never made a whole lot of headway. There's maybe been like six months at a time where I've made a lot of headway and then that's been it. But, um, have they been growing? Yeah, they've definitely grown. I think I originally took out something like 32 or 35. So they've definitely just like, it's been like years of like not knowing even like what was happening. Um, but it is what it is. They're here now. They're all federal, which is good. And I would qualify for the debt forgiveness program. Uh, yeah, the public the public service. Yeah. yeah. That's the way to go. Yeah, that they would be forgiven in 10 years. 10 years. And then there's no tax bill for the public service. Oh, really? Sweet. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but you have to get in that program. Yeah, so I have to get on that. And then I have to... There was a couple different... When I was asking about the repay or R-E-P-A-Y-E, yeah. that one looked like the best monthly payment, but then I got confused because they were talking about ones that qualify for that federal student loan forgiveness program, as well as ones that you can be on if you're going to get married and file jointly. And it seemed like those two weren't always matched up on the same type of thing. So I don't know, I need to go back and actually figure that out. Yeah, I didn't think, I mean, my understanding of it, and this is where it gets really complicated because no one gives you a definitive answer, Mm -hmm. which is ironic because you basically have a mortgage and nobody can tell you how it works. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you gave me this money and now I just, how do you not, how do I not, how do you not know how to tell me to pay? I mean, to me, it should be like really clear. I really do. I just need you to tell me how. (laughs) Yeah, it it, it boggles my mind that it's not clear. And like, I've I've called these companies with people and it's just like, this shouldn't be that hard. Like if we want to pay it off or we want to pay, like this should be like, this is the steps to be in the program. Like A through D, do these things, get a letter certifying you. Nope. It's like, oh, well, we don't talk to that agency and that agency you really have to go through. So that's step two, but like, we don't talk to them. We can't tell you their phone number. We're not sure where they're located. Maybe they have a phone. Maybe they don't. Maybe we have to send a carrier pigeon. I mean, it's like unreal. It's so, it's so true. And it's sort of, it's so defeating because even when you feel like you've made headway, like I downloaded some form that they sent me and sent it back off and like, ha- like did my taxes super early this year. So I'd have all that ready to go. And then they were like, oh, no, 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 none of this is right. And I was like, okay, forget it. But then a month, you know, a month goes by. So I ended up having to just like tell them to put a pause on it for like two months. Cause I was like, it's at least going to take me that long to figure this out. To figure this out. Get so like, here's that. what I think yeah. you work for a Senator, yeah. like, take advantage of that. Right. Like, I think, I don't know, there are two senators and I don't know which states there are. I want to say one is in Texas, but maybe it's not, but they are really trying to uh, make some headway with student loan legislation. Yeah. Um, so I would like, if you can, I don't know if you can or not, but like, I would sit down and be like, look, I'm trying to be in the public loan service forgiveness um, program because I work for you and I'm going to stay here for 10 years. And this is great for me. I can't figure it out. And like, this is a government agency. Right. Right. I know. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of unreal. Like when stuff like that can help. And then I don't know, sometimes it helps us. Sometimes it doesn't get on the phone with somebody that can walk me through it a little bit better than maybe a lot of people can. Yeah, because I've called these people, um, God, and I had one poor girl in my office, and this was like 
the worst meeting. I'll probably never forget it. But I told her to get in. She could also qualify for public loan forgiveness. And she hadn't done the paperwork correctly. And so she had been working for three years and thought she was three years in. Yeah. Yeah. And she just started to cry, which I would cry too. Yeah. I mean, I I would cry. I just have to like not think about it. But I mean, I've been working, like I have three years in terms of like months of service for the state already. And then there was a year and a half that I worked for a nonprofit, but because I wasn't consistently making payments on my student loans, all of that is for naught. So I could be almost at like five years, like halfway through this whole plan, you know? Okay. So this, this should be like on your to-do list. Like number one is get in. And I don't, I do not agree. I do not think it's the repay program. I think it's the public service loan forgiveness program. And I'm pretty sure they're separate. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like a a little bit of a higher payment from what it's going to, it is going to be probably a higher payment, but you're better off having a higher payment and paying for 10 years and being done with this crap and not having to pay the tax and not paying the taxes because they're not telling you about that on the repay program. So I think it will be, I think it'll be a little bit over $500 a month. If I remember my last which, conversation, which is perfect, so I would start it now because then that's when your 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 car loans are going to go away. Right. Yeah. What do you think about for some of these higher interest rates? Um, what do you think about a balance transfer card versus like a personal loan versus whatever? Because I think like, and for him especially, like it's going to be so much easier to to. I think it's easier for him to think about in something like that's going to consolidate it. Right. But I think it would be easier from like a, I I like the idea of balance transfers and I recommend them to people. Here are two things you have to be careful of. One, you have to realize there's going to be a balance transfer fee. They're going to charge you a percentage, Mm -hmm. right? So it's going to almost be one extra monthly payment because you, to do that, that I'm okay with, especially because you have a very healthy budget. You guys have very good income and don't have that many expenses after the wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it, I'm just in my mind thinking that the car payments go away and we add your student loan in. Right. right. So then your budget's the same rather than getting 500 back. We just already allocated that to getting you, getting you out from on your loans. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of aggregating it so that you have all your debt in on one card and then really throwing $2,000 a month at it after the wedding. Yeah. That makes the most sense. So I just didn't know exactly how that worked with the balance transfer cards. Like since I'm not paying the full amount off in full every month, but I'm paying whatever they're like, whatever the monthly payment is that they're asking me to pay plus more. So you're not going to pay the monthly payment. You're not going to pay the monthly payment. They tell you you're going to pay the monthly payment. We come up. Okay. With. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what, and what the way it works is you want to look for a card that has between 12 and 18 months, 0% mm-hmm. um, APR for that period of, you know, either 12 months to 18. And that's, you'll probably qualify. You'll probably be able to qualify easier than, your fiance. You could also do credit cards and joint names. Yeah, so that's, that's what I was wondering. Like if we if we apply like as a joint income, like we're we're applying with two different forms of income, but only under like my credit score. Like does that how does that work? I think they'll probably look at both people's credit score. You you might get it as the primary person okay. and then you can add his name to okay. it. So then you're so then you're really responsible what's going on in your credit. Because like for instance, my sister who I just talked about in the, the last podcast too, but I feel like she tells me I make her sound like a degenerate and she's very incredible. She's very smart, but um, she's an attorney so she's, and she works for the government. She's very, very smart, but she's personal finance is not her right. thing. Um, so I have a credit card and I added her name to it and gave her a credit card for emergencies. Cause God forbid. Yeah. Yeah. 
she's somewhere and she didn't budget right and has nothing on her debit card. Yeah. So you could always go get it and then just put his name through it. Here's the one concern, and I'm just throwing this out there, and like I just want to say this because we've had women on the podcast who things have gone awry. You then now could be responsible for his debt. Like, let's say he just walks. Yeah. You know, so that's the one thing to think about because, like, I had my fiance walk. We had another woman on here, her fiance walked. I listened to that episode and I was like, this is too triggering. I can't, I can't deal with this. (laughs) So I'm not going to say that's going to happen, but like, I have to point out, like, my job is to point out worst case scenarios. Yeah. So what you could do is you could each aggregate your own debt so that he, and then you could do it a little bit separately. So, like, you do a balance transfer for your two cards and he does a balance transfer his, like, two or three cards. Mm -hmm. And then you each take a thousand from, you know, and do it separately, but then you still have 0% APR. So it's going to help you get ahead faster. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then it's not aggregated. And on one, it's like you each have your own and you get it paid off. You could easily both still pay it off in six to seven months without being that aggressive. Okay. So I I like the balance transfer. So the things you want to be careful of is if you aggregate it onto one card, you might be responsible for someone else's debt. You want to know that there is going to be a fee to do it. And then you also want to know what you want to do is set it up for automatic monthly payments mm-hmm. and you can set it up for automatic minimum monthly payments. Mm-hmm. And then just add on and to then, Yes. Okay. Because what those cards, how they make their money is if you forget to make a monthly payment, which everybody has forgotten to make a monthly payment, then they charge you the penalty APR and then they backdate the APR. Right. Yeah. So you always have to have those set for monthly yep. auto. Yep. Yep. That sounds good. But yeah, I think if I were you... Your number one thing to do is get into the loan forgiveness program. Yeah. Top one. Um, and we can always talk about it a little bit offline and make sure that you have all the documentation so that all these payments work, mm-hmm. you know, that count towards your forgiveness. Cause then you, you could be done with your loans by 39. Yeah. That would be really nice. Yeah. It would be fantastic. Um, we'll do that first. And then I would say the second thing to do would be do a balance transfer. Mm-hmm. I would lean towards keeping your debt separate and paying it off separate. Okay. Brought it in separately. Um, you're you can each then allocate in the budget, the household budget with the ninety two hundred. Is you each get a thousand towards debt payments. Okay, it'll end up being the same amount of time you guys get it paid off. Okay, um, and then I would make that the second after the wedding. Yeah, to get to do that. Just having that plan, just being, you know, with the student loans and knowing that they're going to be paid off in a certain amount of time, and then just not having to worry about it quite so much is going to be huge. Um, the other thing is like saving, um, you know, if we wanted to buy something or just kind of like savings in general, because I think the the wedding has made it really easy to save or showing us, you know, it's been helpful in showing us, oh, like we really can save like a hefty chunk of our budget every month, like when we want to, right? When it has something really tangible that's attached. Um, and I think after the wedding, it's, it's going to be a little bit harder to just be saving like because it's a good idea or because we can. Um, <laughs> when there's not like an immediate like oh I get like 17 bouquets of flowers for this amount of money you know like when there's it's not as easy to see and so I I want to maybe think about like what are some ways now that we obviously can see that we can save that much Do and it. not change anything about our lifestyle I want to keep that up but I want to be saving 100% you, the great thing about this wedding is like you have been on a budget and saving a significant amount of your income and I don't want that to stop yeah. so after the wedding, I want that 2000 You each get 1000 to pay off your credit cards. And then after that, my next goal that I would suggest is that as a household, you save to, for a down payment. Yeah. And there's like two ways. I'm like just toying with it in my head. There's two ways. Like the other thing you could do, because like 
$2,000 a month, you could really get your student loans paid off in like almost three years. Yeah. If that was a household goal, if that was, you know, both of you supported that. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just have to pay them off the right way by making sure you're making principal payments. But $2,000 a month, you know, is $24,000 a year. Your student loans would be done in two years. That's kind of, that's sort of a crazy cool thought (laughs) to be like, you're done with everything. Yeah, you could be totally done with it. And then after two years, you could use, you could save another 50 for a down payment. Yeah, because doesn't that, I mean, that that starts to get into play with like debt to income ratio and stuff like that. Like even if we're saving a lot, if we still have that, you know, let's say 35 grand of student loans kind of hanging over. Yeah, you would go in to get a mortgage with zero debt versus going in with 35. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. Sounds- so that would definitely be a conversation for you two to sit down and talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, here are the options. Like, I can do, yeah. yeah, I can go and do the public loan forgiveness and do $500 a month and have it all forgiven. Or we could just take the money. So I think it's going to take you six months to pay off all the credit cards after the wedding. So so for 2020, you would go into the year wedding paid, credit cards primarily paid off, give or take, almost done. Um, so that would be the decision then. Like, do we really want to keep putting 2000 even 1500 a month? towards my student loans for the next two, two and a half years and be done and have no credit card debt, no student loan, no wedding debt, nothing. And then save for a wedding or, or not a wedding, save for a down payment. Or do you want to be on the public loan forgiveness? I can tell you what I would do. Yeah. Let's hear it. I would, I would just get rid of the debt. Yeah. I mean, I just think for if like you, financially, if, I mean, like dollars and cents wise, it just makes more sense. I guess like I, I can see the security around, knowing exactly what this smaller payment is going to be for the next 10 years, you know? And so you, it, it's a lower risk sort of thing, but it's also why spend that much more money, you know? Yeah. Cause I think you'd be like the way I look at it is in 2020, you're 30 years old, right? Yeah. So by 32, let's just say 33, right? Mm-hmm. You have all of your debt paid off. And then by 35, you guys can buy a house and have 50000 saved for a down payment. And that's if you guys don't get any raises between now and then. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a really, that's a good way to put it. So that's a, that's a, that's a personal decision. If I'm like an aggressive saver, I really like to have no debt and have things stayed off. And I would rather like suck it up and be really extreme for like 24 months and be done with something. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like more of that short term person. Yeah. Like I'd rather be like, no vacations, no this, no that for two right. years. And then I'm going to have like this totally done in my life. Yeah. And you said you don't, you haven't really had to change your lifestyle, right? With paying for the yeah. wedding. I mean, Did that's you... what's been kind of like, that's why it's been a pretty good exercise because I think my fiance was feeling like this is just going to be, this is insane. This is going to be too hard. And then, you know, we were able to kind of like, sh- show that we can and it means like oh if we can do it for this then that means we can do it you know for for whatever we want to put this kind of money towards um and we yeah the other thing you could do you could even split the difference you could just have a strategy and you have to make sure you have a strategy for how you're going to pay off your loans you cannot just send them money they do not attribute it the way that works for you so you could even do rather than doing one and then the other you could do both so like going forward you could do a thousand dollars for your student loans Uh and then a thousand dollars for a down payment and it would take, it'll take probably four years then rather than two. But then at the end of four, you have the loans paid off and then money for the down payment. Yeah, I can see that. I really, I think, I think just like one goal at a time and just kind of like focusing all in because we're, we're in a pretty good situation with 
this house to be able to stay here. And even if he raises mm -hmm. the rent, like, I, I mean, he would have to raise it a lot to get us to, and it's like a mile from where I work and it's super convenient. And um, I think we just, in my mind, it's like, let's take advantage of the fact that we have this level of a, a rent and use it to use the rest of the money and kind of like the savings to tackle everything else. If we were living in any other part of Austin, then spend, you know, five or $600 more probably a month, then that would be different. But it's like, as, as long as we're here and we have kind of this flexibility that we're not always going to have in terms of just like cost of living, then why not throw it at whatever we have? Yeah, I'm with you. I, and like now the way we had talked about it with the car payment if you just go and tackle your student loans next after the credit cards are done and the wedding's done after the end of this year, you really have 2500 a month. So good. I know. And that's what I would do if I were you. I would just get rid of the student loans. It's something that I wouldn't want them hanging over my head for 10 years. If that was the only option, I would say it's a good option for the public loan forgiveness. But you guys have the income. I would just get rid yeah. of it. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Good I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And then basically after you like in two years, which really is going to go really quickly, you'll be like, you'll be totally debt free. You'll have no credit card. You guys will both have money in retirement. Hopefully he can start saving for retirement once the 401k comes mm -hmm. up, even if you have to pay only 2000 for student loans and not 2500 and 500 can go in his retirement. Right. And you have 9% in the pension, 1% in the 401k. And we could always bump those back up mm -hmm. after you get rid of all the yeah, debt. Yeah, that's true. That's like, yeah, that's the other part is like, at what point do I actually look at what, cause I mean, all of my, you know, saving for retirement has been just whatever the state has, you know, forced me into doing. And I haven't paid any attention to it because I've been just upset about being forced into it, but, um, <laughs> but it is good. You know, it's good to force people to save. I really think so. Um, so, so yeah, I guess like once student loans are paid off, is that when maybe I would sort of circle back to like, okay, what do I actually have in this 401k? What can I contribute on top of this 9%? Yeah. And I would even do like any raises going forward mm -hmm. would go in there. So anything that you guys get going forward goes into retirement and then the regular budget is going to get rid of debt. Okay. Yeah. That brings me to one other thing. You get state raises, right? Like they're set uh, where they give you no. raises? So, so since I work for an elected official and not just like a central agency, we're not quite mm -hmm. on the same like pay structure. It's a little bit more um, at the discretion of the member. Like each member gets um, a certain budget um, for their office and then they set it however they want to. Um, Got it. So, but I am, you know, typically you get um, raises or a bonus after a legislative session, um, depending on the office and depending on what the budget is. We all have to spend down our budgets by the end of the fiscal year, which is August 31st. So okay. typically there's something that happens in the summer. Um, it's not guaranteed. And the amount of money you make from one office to the next, even if it's the same position, there's a lot of variance in that. Um, and you can't really predict it. So that always gives me a, a little bit of heartburn, but, um, <laughs> but it is the way that it is. And uh, I think, you know, where I'm at, I'm at a pretty good range for my job and how long I've been there. Um, I could kind of get to maybe one step up, but there there is going to be a ceiling at a certain point um, without having either a master's or a law degree that I'm just not going to make over a certain threshold working in the kind sure. of 
areas that I'm in. So that's like something that's kind of on the back of my mind. It's also not like a do or die thing. Um, well, so that being said, though, if we start tackling these goals like in in sequence, right? So credit cards, wedding done, student loans done, house purchase done, you're still on the same budget. Like that's assume yeah, you know, and so then all then more of that money can then go towards retirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there will be. Yeah, hopefully by in three years, I'm making a different amount of money. And and Michael's is different too. I mean, they get bonuses and stuff. He actually just got um, a bonus, um, which I I didn't know that they took taxes out of bonuses. I thought that was weird. Oh yeah, and they get taxed higher technically because. It goes in on top of your regular yeah, income, so it's usually like, your highest. Income. Yeah, it looks like higher. I was like, wait a minute, this is nonsense. Like, in my mind, like a bonus should be just like a hot cash payment, just like here, like thanks for doing you, and like that, because that's supposed to be the benefit of it, not putting me into a higher bracket and taking taxes out of it. Like, where's my unmarked envelope? Like, I don't want the government in my bonus. But anyway, um, so it ended up being about $3,400. And I know you've said in the past, like spend half, save half. Um, yep. So I'm thinking we're thinking about doing that. We actually used a portion of it to buy um, tickets for the honeymoon. Oh, so that was fun. And that was like $800. Um, we got a pretty good deal. So um, we're kind of thinking about, you know, I want to do something fun with that, you know, for him so that he feels like not just all of his money is going to the wedding because it is, but, (laughs) but, you know, I would say in this case, I would say, I normally say half for now and half for later, but I would say since this is the year you're getting married and doing a honeymoon and you've been very good with budgeting, you can use the whole amount and you can use it to pay for the honeymoon or do something nice for yourself after the wedding to de-stress for both of you. Yeah. I would say you can spend the whole amount. Sweet. That's awesome. You can treat that as a hot cash. It does. It feels it feels like we should. It feels like we've been really good. We should it's so funny though, like I get so militant and just like, nope, like these are the rules, like we have to execute on the rules. But we we have been and it's good and we we should we should celebrate a little bit. Yeah, you need to give yourself a little bit of a reprieve every once in a while because you've been very strict and to like And you have to reward yourself so that you keep on this path because the path you're on is really good for you saving this amount of money every month. This is fantastic. You can tackle so many goals so quickly, Mm -hmm. but you also have to remember you need to kind of reward yourself for being so militant, right? Because otherwise it's going to be hard to keep motivated to stay on this path. Totally. Yeah. So, no, I think you're great. So here's my recommend. My recommendation is get the wedding paid off, get the credit cards paid off. I would do balance transfers and I would keep them separate. And then after that, I would have a household conversation with you and your fiance and figure out, do you want to re- try and tackle your student loans in like 24 months and just be done with them? Or because like you're going to have to use some of the household income for yeah. that. So that's why it should be a household conversation. And then I would figure that out. And then your next goal would be to save for a down payment and any raises that you both get. And once he gets a 401k should go into the retirement. Okay. That all sounds good. Perfect. Do you have any other questions for me? I don't me? think so. I think that kind of covers everything. Was this yeah, helpful? It was definitely helpful. It's just good to talk it out loud because it's usually me just like in my head ruminating over all the different like possible options, which are all equally valid. You know, where you're like, well, I could do this or I could do that. But um, it's just good to be on a plane and kind of like see it charted out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you're yeah, working for it. Well, will you keep me posted on what you decide to do with the student loans? I'd just be curious. Yeah, I, I think it would be interesting. I will. And I'll figure out what the plan out. is and what the amount is and stuff and let you know. 
Yeah, you want to, and I'd be happy to help, but you want to make sure that what, whenever, let's say you decide on 1500 a month as a household is going to be allocated to loans that take two and a half years. I just want to look to see what loans you have. They're usually rolled up into one payment, but it's really multiple loans of like how you're going to, you have to have a strategy for wh- where the dollars are going to go. For yeah, what that's, that's what I don't totally understand. Um, so I can definitely help you with that. You just have to email me. You can email me after you figure out what you want to do, like loan forgiveness or pay mm-hmm. it off. And then I can tell you how you should attribute okay. the dollars. Yeah, that would be great. Cause I think it's something like eight or nine different loans. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and you have one payment and we're going to figure out how yeah. we allocate it. Like that's, yeah. Not- Cause that's, that's what's so frustrating is when you, you don't actually see anything happening and you're paying it off. Especially when you're dedicating money out of your budget for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. I appreciate it. Well, I'm going to we'll wrap up this pod and then, um, yeah. So all the listeners, thanks for listening. If you like our podcast or have any comments or feedback or anything, please leave them. Um, iTunes lets you leave comments and rate us. So please rate us and leave a comment. You can follow us on Instagram. And if you want to take a personal finance class, which I always recommend, you can find them on www.financial.com and they are affiliated with the state of New York university program system. So thanks for listening. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.